day 30. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. All right. Last day of Leviticus. Last day of Leviticus. Congratulations if you've made it. <laughs> This is the joint. This is the cliff off of which many people that aspire yes. to journey through the entire Bible inevitably fall off yes. and you haven't fallen off. Yeah, praise God, yeah. man. Yeah, we hope you've been encouraged so far. And so we'll just finish up today. And right. chapter 25, man, is another key chapter. So we talk about all these key chapters. This is another one and very important uh, throughout the Bible. And he's going to say this in the very first verse, which I think is skipped over. He says, um, the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, speak to the Israelites and tell them, when you enter the land I am giving you, the land will observe a Sabbath to the Lord. Right. And it's this concept of soon as they get in, right. God is like, yo, I want it to be a Sabbath. Rest. Don't Rest. go right to work. Don't go as right to if, work. Yeah. Like you've wow. got your goals and things yeah. and that. No, no, no. Come in and rest and reflect <clears throat> on the, the remember who brought you here. Who brought you here. Right. And how you got here. Right. It was through redemption right? right god saved us and it's like again the the land was supposed to point typically and be a foreshadowing of the new heavens and new earth right so so as soon as this life ends as soon as we see christ it is going to be rest right and god is trying to again get that in their brains even here right, right. it was supposed to point forward to what it actually was and he says even from there Every seven, seven feet, every seventh year, yeah. Sabbath year, yeah. every seventh, seven year, <laughs> Jubilee year, every right. 50th year is a Jubilee year. And again, no pruning, no sowing, complete rest. And he's like, yo, in the sixth year, before that seventh year that y'all rest, I'm going to make sure y'all got enough food, bro. Right. right? And yeah. so there was this aspect of um, even taking God up uh, on resting in that seventh year right. was believing his promise that he would provide, mm. bro. And yeah. so- uh, we see uh, this sabbatical rhythm that we talked about last episode yep. is still reverberating throughout the calendar. Of yep. And we drift. Over time, yeah. we drift. We settle back good, into bro. the bad habits and patterns and ways that we try to make sense of the world. And yeah. so what this Jubilee year is, it's like taking to your car. It's like <laughs> when you take your car into the shop for uh, alignment, yeah. right? There's a... Over time, I don't care how new your car is, it's going to start to pull one way or mm. the next. And you want to be able to drive your car, take your hands off the wheel, and the car goes straight. So when you get in alignment, you recalibrate, you bring things back to the center. The year of Jubilee is just that. It's like, yo, let's recalibrate all the way from the land that we own to, yeah, our rhythms of work. Let's recalibrate and this is going to be a year of rest where we realign and set things up for the next 50 years <laughs> facts so what's crazy is i want to th another thing i want to say about the jubilee is like you said the slaves right. were released and debts were canceled yeah and the land was restored so if i bought some land or if i sold some land because i fell in hard times and my family had to give it up right it had to be restored to right. me and what you realize is when Jesus comes on the scene, bro, yeah, he literally, especially in the book of Matthew, yeah, right, you preached Matthew, I think, a few, yeah. year, few years ago now, yeah, it's going to say that Jesus came yeah. when you add up the generations in his genealogy in the seventh, seven generation, yeah. So he comes in this jubilee at the appointed time, right, to bring this freedom, yeah. Luke four, he's yeah. going to get up, he's going to be like, yo, yo, 
Young young dude gonna get up in the temple and be like, hey fam. Yo, Jubilee? It's the Jubilee. This is me. <laughs> this I'm is... here. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. And he's gonna be like, yo, I've come to bring the year of the Lord's favor, set the yeah. captives free, all this stuff. And he's gonna be like, yo, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Right. right. I'm the one to fulfill this. I'm the one that really frees slaves. Right. I'm the one that really brings restoration. I'm the one that really cancels debt. Right. Right. It's all pointing to me. Yeah. And Christ is the one who provides this redemption or this restoration through his redemption. Yeah. Yeah. One quick thing, right? So again, slavery, right? It's not just that oh, slaves yeah. are made free, but they are restored and they are provided parcels in their things. So, so for anybody that would look and say, "Yeah, you know, people use the Bible to justify slavery," no, they didn't, mm. right? People distorted. People misused the Bible. Misused the Bible to justify American chattel slavery, yeah. right? Because if they really did use it and went by this, want right? There's a whole host of things. We we're gonna see the eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth uh, mm -hmm. next chapter, or I think we last chapter. Yeah. just read it. Yeah, 24. and it's a nah. If you hurt or mistreat a slave, oh, it's a wrap for you. It's a wrap for you, and they get their freedom, yeah. right? If things really went like they had it back here, yeah. then there are no generations on generations on generations of slaves. There's no Cats civil war needed yeah. because after 50 years, right, if people are still there and they haven't worked off their debt, then they're already free. Yeah. And there is no, yeah, it's not race-based, right? It's mm -hmm. more indentured than being race-based. So you look... And after reading the Bible, the only thing that you can say is, oh, the people that use the Bible to justify slavery actually misused it, mm -hmm. that there's nothing in the pages of Scripture that would condone the type of man-stealing dehumanization that we saw in American chattel slavery. Yeah, I, I meet so many well-meaning brothers and sisters who say that, hey, man, Theology really don't matter. Right. It's just about loving people and being right. cool to people. Right. And it's like, ah, oh, that's not really true. Right. Right. Because at the end of the day, what you believe about these texts yeah. are going to inform how you live. Right. Right. And we've seen people believe certain things, terrible things about these texts, and it informed not just how they live, but because they had power, how they enforce how they live on other right. people. Right. 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 And so we see in this text, no, no, no. One, slavery here, again, it's not race-based. Right. It is not about ethnicity or anything of that. Yeah. It is economic. It is like, yo, people are selling themselves into more like indentured servanthood. Right. Because like, man, I, I ain't got no bread, so let me work up enough money to pay off a debt, right? right. So I can, and then I can buy my freedom right, <laughs> once right, that right. time comes. And so it is a totally different thing here. Uh, and we're going to keep bringing that up because it's important. Yeah. Leviticus 26, God is like, hey. This is the last chapter of the Holiness Code. And right. he's like, fam, obey me. Right? Yeah. We made this covenant. We're in this relationship. Yeah. Right? If you obey, it is going to go well for you. Right. It is going to be blessed. Yeah. But if you do not, right. <laughs> curses. Right. Right. And those curses are ultimately um going to culminate in exile. Right. right. Where the people of God will be kicked out of this land. I'm giving y'all this gift of land. Yeah. He's like, oh, the, and the land gonna get its rest. Right. It's gonna get its Sabbath rest, fam. Well, make sure. <laughs> Make sure. If y'all don't do it, right, what mankind doesn't do by obedience, God will force them to do by compulsion. We saw it in the Tower of Babel. God's mm -hmm. like, yo, spread out over the face of the earth. They didn't, and God's like, I bet. Yeah. I, I got y'all. Here, God's yeah. going to say, make sure that the land gets its rest. Yes. And if it doesn't, 
then I'm going to displace y'all for a time. And the exile is going to come up. And then the land's going to get its rest. Yeah. And we even see in the exile later that it's a uh, guy's like, yo, I told y'all. You thought I was playing? Yeah. You thought yeah. I was just talking? <laughs> right. Yeah. And the thing that he says here is, man, the, the thing that he brings up that he doesn't want them to do is idolatry. Right. Right. And again, God would not provide a prescription where there isn't an illness. Yeah. He knows that the sinful heart of man mm. is prone to idolatry. As John Calvin would say, man's heart is a factory of idols. Right. <laughs> right? Like, we are prone to worship things that are not the creator. And God is like, fam, don't do it. Right? And um, again, God is going to give these liberating constraints, bro, that fit our nature, right. that fit, that will make us happy and sustain us. And what Satan wants to do, hear this, Satan's biggest trick is to make slavery look like freedom and freedom look like slavery bro. Mm. right he mm. wants us to think that god is trying to steal our fun and our right, joy by the right, constraints right, right. that he gives us yeah but it's actually the opposite yeah right god wants them to live as free people as they have been free uh from bondage yeah and there are these blessings that attend to obedience this is not a prosperity gospel we're saying no. if you do right then things then everything will go right you get a tesla <laughs> It's not what he's saying, yeah. but he's saying that there are blessings that do come with it. And so even as the book kind of sets out, right, the goal or the threat of this book was, you know, how do sinful people still get to dwell with a holy God? And as the book comes to an end, it helps to see, all right, this is the pathway that they come in through atonement on mm -hmm. God's terms. Yep. But as they come in, it's like, oh, but look at what takes place when they dwell with God. Mm. There's blessing that comes with that as well. That's they good. dwell, they have an abundance and a joy, mm. right? This is not, uh, people aren't like house poor where mm. God's like, yo, come into my big house and you get into the big house and there's not anything there. Like, oh man, you got this big house, man, the chairs are all hard there's no food god's like no come into my house where there's chairs an abundance <laughs> yeah. and fullness of joy soft chairs in heaven <laughs> right. man. yeah all right so and then lastly the book ends and it talks about these vows that people will make uh and pledges uh out of um gratitude to god right. for the sanctuary and these pledges weren't um obligatory on the people of god but voluntary right, right. and he's just like yo if you make a pledge to give a little extra for the sanctuary like keep it right? yeah and the point is he's going to end with talking about the sanctuary the point is again god it wants to dwell with his people right why does he want to dwell with his people so his people can worship him right, right? god wants to be worshiped because he deserves to yeah worship let's pray father we know that you deserve to be worshiped um and so we do that right now with our whole hearts and where we drift father i pray that you would bring us back into alignment it's in jesus name we pray amen amen